Welcome, everybody, to the Kayfabe Court. We're back again. My name is Zeke. I'm joined, as always, with Ben Albert. Hi. And Randy Andreas Cato Ramos. Cigar. <laughs> we love the Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans. That's my uh, Donald Trump impression. Of the is words. that how he said it? That's how he said it, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Boy, that's real. That's that's a suffering succotash moment. Son. Yeah, it was really gross. <laughs> Wink. Anyway, we're starting this pot off right. We're here today talking again about WCW. WCW Nitro. More, most importantly, we're talking about the evolution of the NWO. In month number one. In month number one. In all the denim. <laughs> that it brought with it. So Canadian much tuxedo. denim. So much denim, man. Scott Hall started in the, the middle of the country, in the AWA, but he adopted the Canadian tuxedo. You want to know something I noticed when watching all of these? Um, I noticed that, uh, so I live, I live in a neighborhood that has a lot of, uh, uh, Colombians in it, which is really, really fun when they're like playing big soccer games. My neighborhood's like a humongous festival. It's pretty cool. But they, I've noticed that there's a common haircut and this is not me trying to be racist. I'm just being observant that there's like a, it's like a, it's not a mohawk and it's not a mullet, but it's something kind of in between those two. And I've always like been fascinated. Like, wow, that's a. Well, how do you describe that when you it's go a double Nakamura? Yeah, what do you what do you what do you say to the barber when you when you oh, go in? Like, you know what it is? It's a Tatanka. Kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's basically the haircut that where, Morgan has. Where I'm going with this? <laughs> where I'm going with this is while watching this, I saw a lot of guys have this same exact haircut, and that was kind of like the one thing that I kept thinking about. I was like, oh yeah, that guy's got the the long and back. Short in front and then nothing on the sides. The bad guy. It is yeah. It was call, yeah, it, call it the bad guy. The yeah. bad guy, I guess. Yeah. It was I, I think uh I think Scott Steiner had a variation of it at this point, which is which yeah, he fun. just had a glorious mullet. <laughs> yeah. But there was like nothing on the sides. He, he was hearkening up to the uh, future of the wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Well the wrestler like Mickey Rourke had like he was like 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 Stone Cold when he was like uh, what was his what was his first name oh, Stunning Steve Austin stunning, stunning Steve Austin he had like that kind of thing going on where he's like he was starting to bald but he like he didn't want to Randy the Ram yeah he didn't want to like give in to his baldness probably for the better yeah he gave in to the to the meat slicer in that movie <laughs> here's your ham lady <laughs> he submitted to the meat grinder <laughs> oh man I feel like that was a metaphor that I didn't get but that he cut his finger off just to you just punch a moving Salami slicer? Like I don't get what the point was. Like I know you're mad CZ and everything. Dub. CZ dub. I know you're mad and everything in your in your hardcore, but like can't you like punch a pillow or something? Let out that anger? Punch your boss? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I'm going off yeah, on a yeah, tangent here. Holy shit. He should have punched an referee caught Todd Berry whacking off in the back office. <laughs> That's true. Todd Berry was his boss in that. Alright. Well anyway. So we're talking about the NWO. We went through um where nobody masturbated, at least on camera. I love masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You, uh, please put that clip up. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Are you crazy? 
Oh, you don't masturbate no more. <laughs> well, guess what, man? I do. So, uh, I love masturbating. <laughs> well, guess what? I do. <laughs> man. What a good intro. <laughs> what a good intro. We're all over the place. As... The five listeners have come to expect from this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sound short. Anywho, um, let's get into it, fellas. Let's talk about uh, the first month of the NWO. There's a lot of great matches, a lot of future legends. As in the intro pod, I was geeking out as to how many great people were a part of this uh, time. Um, and was... how many not great people were. Mm. Yep. 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 I saw on Wikipedia that uh, a lot of these folks who... Uh, uh, didn't play ball or now involved in that class action lawsuit Because <laughs> um, I would like Google, I'd be like oh, yeah There's that guy who I know really well and then there's this other guy who I don't know really well Let me let me go see what the internet says about them and nine times out of ten. They're like What they're what's going on in their lives now? They're either dead or they're taking McMahon to court for concussions That was the common theme that I saw uh, What do you guys have to say about that? <laughs> or, or what do you guys have to say about? The, the 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 WCW the evolution of those guys from the era yeah you know getting hit in the head and hurting your brain is probably bad common sense man I'm just I'm really excited to see the evolution of Scott Steiner into Big Papa Pump that's what I'm really excited for when he finally gets a good haircut good as relative <laughs> when he becomes he even better <laughs> when he gets a platinum blonde Caesar he's Once another one he th- he throws uh he throws the f bomb a lot I saw uh in his uh. Give me, time. Give me a fucking mic. Give me a fucking mic. But uh, he also threw the other F word around that we won't use on, oh, yeah. on camera. But uh, yeah, I was like, hmm, not, not cool. Not cool, Scott Steiner. Potentially not widely known. Lawler threw that around the WWF in 1997. He called Goldust a flaming faggot. Oh, Godfather also did it too. England ain't nothing, nothing but, but a place full of fags. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> just, do, just so you know, we don't con- we don't condone that type of language, but. It's just something that happened, and this is what we're here for, to talk about stuff like that. So I have to say, I, I don't think either of us have actually ever called each other that before. No. No, because we hang out with, like, five gay dudes yeah. that would probably kick our ass. <laughs> yeah. We've called each other a lot of other horrible things. But, oh, yeah. But we don't go there. Yeah. We've gone through uh, George Carlin's uh, Seven Things You Can't Say on TV a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. Ben's a turd. Rude. <laughs> Really the lowest one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt like you could say that on TV at the time, but whatever. He had to make a he had to have a cadence to that to that bit. Um Cue Nitro music. It's May twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six. In some godforsaken town. We didn't look that up. Back of my mind thinks it's Baltimore. I I'm I'm sure we can find that. I actually think you're right. I think it is Baltimore. Mm, I'm good at stuff. So we have the second match on the May 27th card between Steve Dahl, who Ben thoughts. Um, I have in my notes that he looked like a dollar store Kurt Hennig, so <laughs> I legitimately thought it was him until like I didn't have my glasses on at first, and as soon as I put my glasses on, explains a lot. I was like, yeah, because I didn't notice that like I noticed that the nameplate did not see, say Kurt Hennig. So I put on my glasses. I was like, "Wait, hold up, <laughs> hold up, who is this guy?" But he was a doll, though. <laughs> dollar a doll. store. <laughs> Great hair. 
So we have Steve Dahl versus the Mahler, who you would probably know as one half of the Beverly Brothers. Who is in the class action lawsuit. Yep. Uh, I believe he would go on to wrestle as Mike Enos. He did go in as Mike Enos, which I thought there was some good commentary there. So, you know, hot match, (laughs) second on the card. Because it rhymes with penis. You want to start with two big stars. (laughs) Thanks, Zeke. Two big stars, going to be a great match, allegedly. It starts off pretty ho-hum, and there's almost no way anything interesting could Oh, wait, that's Razor Ramon. Wasn't Enos (laughs) also a character in Dukes of Hazzard? Yeah. Yes, yeah, thought so. Okay. He's really focusing on this. <laughs> Probably what they were going with to put him with Robert Parker. Ah. So in the back of the camera, you can start to see uh, a six foot seven man in full denim walking through the crowd. The crowd standing up, noticing who he is. He jumps the rail, walks over, grabs a microphone, gets in the ring, and the two men freeze as if a ghost just walked in. Yeah, they. And just, we never actually see him stop. on camera, right? No, you definitely see him on camera. You can see him. You can yeah. see him walk all the way down. He, for some reason, he comes down on the left side of the camera through, um, you know, the first section of the stands. Then he walks along the back line. Then he comes in over the right corner, as if to say, like, I want everyone to see me jump this rail. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, of Elias uh, Elias Hampson when he debuted on the main roster. You just I see just him wondering. walking through the crowd one time with like with a guitar over his shoulder. Mm. That's all I could think about. <laughs> So he gets in the ring with the mic. The two guys stop, and he wants to know where Scheme Gene is, the Nacho Man, the, the Nacho Huster, Man, yeah, Billionaire Ted, referencing the uh, WWF parodies. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, Trump took a lot of cues from um, Hall at this point because he he would say these little nicknames that didn't land, but commit the <laughs> shit out of it. Where is Lion Hillary? Where is the Nacho Man? And no one would respond to it. Like, cause you, Where's the Ken doll? Where's Little Rocket Man? Like, just like, it just... <laughs> Where are the emails? Yeah. Like, it's not like, is there anybody watching this in the back room going like, this isn't landing, come up with a better nickname? <laughs> like, it's just not working. <laughs> Oh, they're probably just trying to tie into the WWF stuff. Oh, man. But he opens with the now legendary line of, uh, You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Then yeah, after everything, great. the match is a no contest. And he doesn't go out through the crowd, which is a minor problem I have with it. He walks to the entrance ramp, which if you're trying to set up that he works for the WWF, why would he go back to the locker room where presumably everyone would want to kick his ass? <laughs> Good they're point. all just waiting. <laughs> they're all just waiting a gorilla for him. That's literally like you went to your ex-girlfriend's house, made fun of her boyfriend, uh, like new boyfriend, and then stood in his car. What? So that's the big debut. Uh, we'll get into the rest of the stuff on the pay-per-view when we actually cover it. But there's some incidentals that don't lead to the Great American Bash that we can talk about now. One of them being, we have a cruiserweight match between hard work Bobby Walker and Brad Armstrong. Brad Armstrong, longtime known great worker, uh, brother of the Road Dog, and the son of Bullet Bob Armstrong. Uh, Hard work Bobby Walker. I was watching it this time. This is probably right about when I started with WCW. I was in love with the Cruiserweights. I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. I had no idea who he was either. Who is he? I like just he, some dude. He's a fresh out of the power plant guy. I mm. think he played like college basketball or something. Yeah, he was like that. WCW born and raised. But he's taking on Brad Armstrong, who they're saying is like the biggest face in the cruiserweight division, which is probably accurate to an extent at that time. I mean, a lot of the guys who would come to make it really popular hadn't shown up yet. So they have the match. 
Lots of botching and wonky looking moves. Lots of springboards and stuff. And yeah, the this was rope. the guy who kept trying to like hop up onto the top rope and slip, right? Yeah, and he would get up there and he would do like uh, Arn Anderson sunset flip arms, like whoa, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that was fun to watch. All I could so, think about was like Mortal Kombat when they slept on the ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of praise for the cruiserweights at that time, but like this is not a great launching point. <laughs> Speaking of Mortal Kombat, don't we get, uh, was it this one or the yeah, one after where we start getting We the start getting promos. the Glacier promos. Yeah, the Glacier, glacier. promos, yeah. With super ripped off uh, Mortal Kombat music, like blatantly. Yeah. It was, tr- and not even, just the look. That dude's he's, still he's on the road. Zero, yeah. That dude's still doing, think, doing matches. He's still wrestling under Glacier, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's committed, like, he's all old and. He's and, a Cody Rhodes level draw on the road. Yeah, man. Anyway, sorry. Let's keep going. So not only that, with with uh, with hard work, uh, when he wins the match, he scoops up Armstrong's shoulder as well as his leg. So his shoulder's off the mat through the whole pin. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. Didn't yeah. they, they? They had some words about that, didn't? didn't Heenan called it out. Heenan called it out several yeah. times. Yeah, Heenan's. I know, like everyone, he wasn't motivated back here. He's still so far above like anyone who's ever been colored. <laughs> he's very, he's very funny. He's a very funny man. Rest uh, in peace. Goddamn yes. genius. And then on the June 10th, or no, June 3rd, actually, I was a week ahead, we have High Voltage versus the Faces of Fear. High, High voltage. voltage! Who, I was always a Kenny Chaos fan because he has a face like, you know, he was drawn to be in the X-Men cartoon. <laughs> mm. I was like, guy's a star. Him and I, uh, the other guy there, some, I think it was Rage? I think so. I vaguely remember, I vaguely remember them um, from like when I was watching. So seeing them come out and like as an adult now, I really wasn't impressed with it. But you, then you to gotta, be honest, they do look like they should be a big deal. Oh yeah, they absolutely. I just wasn't impressed by them, and I mean, maybe as as I continue to watch it, I'll change my mind. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure they're gonna disappear in a month or two for a while, oh, really? and then maybe like towards the end of our run, Kenny comes back, and he I might be the TV champ at one point. Okay, all right. I'm not sure, but they get Spoiler. killed. Faces of fear crush him. Barbarian for some reason looks like an athlete in this. Does like an off the top headbutt. There's a lot of big power moves. Ming is still the scariest man alive. I've always loved Ming Haku. So good. Big fan of his kids too. And how uh Tangara always swears in New Japan. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so that's another match that kind of goes nowhere. Uh we have Disco Inferno, who oh, does who does yeah. come up. My favorite. I wanted Terrific. to throw in Sergeant Pitbull Pittman. Because he's terrible, super cartoony. He's out of place by about nine years, and he has Teddy Long with him, who is looking big. Mm. I want to. I want to charge Pittman with overbooking, because he tried to do a one-handed push-up. That man cannot do a one-handed push-up. He slightly went down, maybe an inch, and went back up with the smuggest grin on his face. Oh, that grin is always. <laughs> yeah. He tried so hard, but it was awful. Yeah, Teddy Long though. This was before he... Fat motherfucker here. Yeah, Yeah. this is after he's already managed like Ron Simmons and a bunch of other guys. Uh, before he's a RAF or uh, the Holla Holla General Manager. Holla Holla! Definitely, I think he's one of the guys a lot of people knocked on him going into the Hall of Fame. Like He's been in wrestling for like 36 years. Oh, he's totally yeah. deserved the Hall of Fame. He's been a RAF, a really good manager. Yeah. He, he's a decent GM. He's still, like, Teddy they make references to him all the time. I mean, whether it be, you know, on, on the show or... On the internet, like people make reference, like he, is he belongs there. He, oh, when he they when they there. did the when they were doing the the general manager announcement at the at the Raw split at the at the at the brand split rather. Yeah, he came out. He came out for a second. He had and a huge pop. A great joke. It was so funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so great. You know, it, it reminded you that like you know Vince McMahon has the ability to be funny. 
you know, he hadn't, he hasn't really been funny in quite a while, but like, that was a good reminder. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> How'd that match play out? It was just bad. Yeah. He definitely, I think he lost to the chart buster. Is that what they were calling it? The, the, the stunner. Yeah. That, you know, have like one of your low mid card guys take the top guy and the other promotions finisher. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, yeah. So that was like the only matches that didn't lead to the pay-per-view. There were some other guys who show up that we'd see for the first time. Young Billy Kidman, pre seven year rich flock. Yeah. Uh, looking real skinny. Uh, we had Prince Iakea got squashed by Kevin Sullivan, who that guy hung on in that company for a lot longer than I remember. And another thing I put in my notes is that Kevin Sullivan is a dollar store Hulk Hogan. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't like Kevin Sullivan at all. I have a bit of information for Zeke on Prince Iakea. Yeah. Tell me, uh, he would last until the company went out of business in 2001. And uh, his name is Prince Ikea. Would you have any guess as to what his gimmick was when WCW closed? Uh, I want to bet it was something to do with a symbol. And maybe there was some cravats and some, some puffy shirts. Yes. And some, some, some crushed velvet suits. He was the Velveteen Dream, Prince Ikea. The artist formerly known as Prince Ikea. And his valet was Paisley, ah. who was played by Charmel. Ah. Booker T's wife. Ah. <laughs> hmm. Not great. So you can see why I was skeptical of the Velveteen Dream when he started popping around. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, there's almost, I've never seen a Prince gimmick work in wrestling. No. And to be fair, I still haven't. Yeah. Have you been watching NXT recently? I yeah. like Patrick Clark. He's good. But I, I think he's going for the wrong thing with that gimmick, which yeah. is the gold dust homophobia. Right. So real quick. The real thing that made Prince amazing was that like... By the way, you do have the best version of a Prince gimmick ever on your roster in Nakamura. Yeah. I mean, I'd, well, I'd say Michael Jackson. But more it, Michael Jackson, but... Uh, it's more feminine with the hands and stuff and like a lot of his entrance gear. Yeah. But like that's, that's how you do that gimmick in a way. If you're going to... Yeah, if you're going to... Do a little a nod chance, to Prince. Go back and start watching uh, some of uh, like the NXTs from like... Uh, I want to say probably like September through October. Yeah, I've seen a lot of him because, like crawling towards Alistair Black yeah, and stuff. The, the feud right now but is it, great. What I didn't like about it is when Alistair Black did the sit and like, you know, the, the punk pose, he dropped on his hands and knees and okay. did like the Prince crawl. Which yeah. You're not playing that to be Prince. You're playing that for homophobia. Mm. And that was what made Prince amazing was that, you know, doesn't matter if he would do Am guys. Am still black sexy. or white? Am I straight? Okay. I'm, I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm something that you never comprehend. I forget the if it's. <laughs> Are you just gonna play play a Prince clip instead? <laughs> yeah, put a Prince edit in there, man. No, I'll just put in the Velveteen Dreams music. Velveteen Dream. I'll take it. <laughs> we, we got some we got some symbols all around uh, the studio today. Yes, there is a Prince symbol on my door. And by the light. Yep. Yep. I believe in the love symbol. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much all that there is to cover from those nitros that we won't be talking about here. So now it's June 16th, 1996. Sunday. The Great American Bash. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, they open up. They have, you know, the uh, traditional hype-up pay-per-views talking about how Rey Mysterio is going to debut tonight. The Invaders, uh, which we'll get into how there's plural of them now. You mm-hmm. have uh, DDP, Bagwell, all that sort of stuff. The Benoit Sullivan angle, Sting and Regal, uh, Kevin Green and Steve Mongo McMichael taking on the Horseman coming up, and the Luger Giant title match. And they start the show. If you want to start off, you start off hot with fire and ice. 
against the Steiner brothers. Awful. <laughs> yeah. Good writing there. I don't... Fire and Ice, I'm so Scott angry. Norton, and Ice Train, who, so... rumor has it, Ice Train was fucking Kimberly Page. Mm. They were swingers. Oh, Aaron, hey. She's hot. So, good so for you. If you're wondering how this piece of shit wrestler kept a contract... I used to live near a swinger house. Fun do you, times. Do you guys want to know the story about it? I hope it's a good one. It's pretty good. <laughs> I feel like we would take a sidebar for this. <laughs> On a scale of uh, one to the end of it in the book, how swingery was it? <laughs> Ugh. Uh, it didn't involve children, if that's what you're going for. Uh, at least not to my knowledge. What made it most funny was that my mom made me go and investigate. <laughs> <laughs> Solid parent. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't me that. I sent Zeke in with a camcorder taped to his head. Yeah. It wasn't me that like was was, sus- was suspect of this house that kept their Christmas lights up all year and only turned them on the third Wednesday of every month. <laughs> <laughs> the international sign for glory hole. <laughs> it was my mom who was like, I think we live near Swingers. Zeke, go check it out. <laughs> Young Zeke went in and was surprised not to find John Favreau. So, <laughs> so my mom, my mom was was very much, uh, she still is very much kind of like a a nosy Nancy, and uh, she would. Her name not Nancy. Her name's not Nancy. We, <laughs> I was gonna. We, ask. we won't. We won't say my mom's real name on on, on the pod. Um, but uh, she was like, her Nancy. "Has anyone else ever noticed that their lights are always up and that they they only go on on weird days and that their their blinds are always drawn, but they're always having people come over with like bags full of stuff? I don't know what they are. What's going on? Zeke, go check it out. So <laughs> go see if you can peek in through the windows. And so like I did, and I." Mean, <laughs> I, never, I didn't see anything, like, explicit, but I did see, like, leopard print, like, wallpaper stuff, and I was like, oh. And my mom was like, they have a leopard room? <laughs> when I went back to report what I, what my findings were. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was where all the certified cheese and bona fide studs hung up. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's my that's my funny story about potentially. It so, was never confirmed. It was pretty much confirmed that I lived near a swinger house. No, I mean, that sounds... A lot like my neighbors. It was either <laughs> it was either a swinger house or they were having some pretty funky Tupperware parties. So like Zeke grew up next to the pages. This was '90 suburbia that I was living in. So I mean, you know, right. the, who knows? You a know. man Zeke might have seen through the window. Ice train in Ice the train. opening match here, taking Possibly. on the Steiners. They've had a, a long buildup where it was. A lot of uh, stuff with the Steiners wrestling Lex Luger and Sting, Fire and Ice getting the shit kicked out of them by the Giant in separate matches, and then uh, uh, Norton going on after an attack on Ice Train. He comes in, gets beat up by the Giant. Hugh Morris comes in, stomps him, and somehow Norton still wins that match. So, you know, you're booking Hugh Morris great, which is fine because he's a shit person. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a strong hostile action here. You know, not a lot of mobility here. And... It ends up going on to the Steiners' win with potentially the worst Hurricane Rana Frankensteiner in the history of the world, where it's not so much a backflip or even a front flip when Norton takes it as it is a fall onto your right shoulder face first into the mat, mat and Scott Steiner spiking himself on his head. Which I believe Heenan also had some great commentary about that as well. If- I don't think he got all of that. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always good to make the wrestler look like shit. Like, I like sometimes when they acknowledge that. During a match as to why someone could kick out of someone's finisher makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Yeah. I don't like you just flat out saying, like, I don't think that should have won the match. 
So then we go backstage. Gene is talking with Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan about the upcoming match and how he kicked Brian Pillman's ass and pretty much beat him out of the WCW. They're still mentioning Pillman because I think at this point they still think they're working the gimmick that he's going to come back and they're trying to get over the loose cannon thing. Uh, and then we go into a U.S. championship match between Conan and El Gato, the legend from South America. Anyone know who El Gato is? Uh, you told me. I forgot, though. He goes on to be the president of Kaiser Permanente. No. You're still doing this bit, huh? He's <laughs> <laughs> been doing this all day already. <laughs> so, El Gato is actually Pat Tanaka from the Orient Express in the early 90s, late 80s. So okay. it's a Japanese dude doing a Latin gimmick? Uh, I think he's a, a Hawaiian-Japanese guy. But he's a, a very good wrestler, uh, good trainer, well-known, uh, great hand for a long time. One of the best workers, a small guy. So he does good hand jobs. Yes. He has great hands, Tommy Young. <laughs> Felt like that would have gotten a bigger pop than it did. <laughs> the Tommy Young should have, but you guys don't listen to uh, what happened when with Tony Schiavone. <laughs> no, I remember you were, you were watching. Tommy Young, that. you come over here and jack me off. <laughs> you were listening to that one day when I was here. Yeah. Listen to that, guys. It's good. Anything, want, uh, anything okay. that has Conrad Thompson, I'm for. I, what I do have to say about this match with, uh, with Conan is I forgot how good he is. I enjoyed this match. Uh, see, I looking back, I, I think he's sloppy. I think, he gets, I think he has great character and promos and stuff. He, he does, like, he's babyface here. But uh, he does pretty good talking about how, oh, Gato is, like, a legend, but he has to come beat the uh, new legend in him. But I don't know. I think a lot I, of his... I enjoyed it. He's sloppy. He seems like he's too big to try a lot of the moves he does. That's okay. He's trying. He gets H- a participation you seen, award. H- you're probably only familiar, Zeke, with, like, K-Dog when he was in the NWO and he was being, like, Super Cholo. We're talking about Conan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my uh, I for, I forgot about uh, Conan for a little while um, until uh, Lucha. Uh, he's okay, so, he's good on that. Too. He's good on that. Yeah, I do enjoy him on and that. And I was like, I know this dude. Why do I know this guy? Was he in? Uh, was he in some? Uh, uh, he was K Dog. Yeah. What I was like, was he in a movie with Fifty Cent recently? I don't know. He's so, about it, about it, and rowdy, rowdy. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I was like, oh yeah, was, that's Conan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so they have a match that's pretty good. I mean, you know, Tanaka has probably got to be in his early 40s here, and he's holding his own against the uh, Hulk Hogan of Mexico. Conan is on, uh, what's Impact called now? He was. I don't think he's there anymore. Oh, okay. He's, uh, I think he either just left AAA or CMLL with, like, Pentagon and a bunch of guys, which Conan, like, famous, you know, jumper of promotions in Mexico. Uh, they have a pretty good match. Uh, it ends up going Conan. Conan, yeah. Conan. Conan, the barbarian. He ends up winning. Uh, beats the legend from South America in a match that was much better than it had any right to be. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And it was, it was, I mean, it's a title match, so those are usually hyped up a little bit more. Yeah, but again, like they're, they're not doing Conan good justice here. I mean, he's beat like the one-man gang in a shit match for the title. And I don't, I, one th- one yeah. thing I do have to say about him is I don't care for his not only his entrance attire, but his, his in-ring gear to begin with. Like, what is it's that very, mask? It's very 90s Mexican. What, yeah, what also, one-man gang. Isn't that an oxymoron? Mm, no, you ever seen the guy? He's fucking huge. Yeah, but just isn't that an oxymoron, though? Don't you I mean, have to have more than I mean, one te- to be a gang? Technically, yes. Why was Val Venus never the one-man gangbang? <laughs> you just think about that? Yes. Good uh, for you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're real proud of that one, because it's I funny. Should, uh, I should really write for WWE. Uh, in mm. the Attitude Era. 
<laughs> it's the only time I'd be any good at it. <laughs> well, if you have if a, I could turn back Yeah, if you have a time machine, do it. Oh, wait, quick, Zeke, anything to share? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I quit. <laughs> oh, fuck away! Share, uh, you know, former women's champion. I was share for Halloween, like, <laughs> recently. Recently. Wait a minute. Why wasn't there ever sensational Sherry? <laughs> right? Uh, Am I right? Serious? Is this thing on? <laughs> right, this is, this is Do we have a cricket edit Kelly we can put in there? <laughs> no, this is, this I'm is... glad to know today my, I'm not the only one whose jokes aren't landing. You guys are stuck in a bit and it's getting <laughs> unfathomable. I told you, it's, I listen to way too much Jim Norton and Chip Chippers and stuff. I, I don't want to be funny anymore. I want to be anti-humor. <laughs> It's time we bring a little bit of levity to this podcast. <laughs> so after uh, the cat, not that cat, but El Gato, the Spanish cat, in mm. match, we have... Is that with a K? Uh, no, Ernest the Cat is regular. That would have been, been better. We got Stang in the back with Gene, calls regular sissy, pretty much does everything but call him, you know, the previous word we were talking he, about. He went to say it, and <laughs> then he yeah. like... He really thought about that. Good born-again like, Christian Steve Borden. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he's such a... Mm, I don't even want to say it right now. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It was, it was good. It was actually very entertaining because you knew that he almost fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he almost said, Steve Regal, we coming for you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like he, the when he said he had that look on his face that Booker T had when he said that. He's like, oh man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure you've uh, been forgiven for those sins. Now we go on to Lord of the Ring. Real quick, can I? I just want to point out the fact that in that promo, Sting does say uh, that we don't breed American men that way in America. Talking about the gay community, mm, I'm pretty sure he's met Pat Patterson. <laughs> it's a little rough. <laughs> no, a lot of the, I don't know. You know I, we, and I love Sting. There's going to that, be an episode someday on late '90s use of homosexuality. Yeah. Who's the Harvey Weinstein of this era? <laughs> <laughs> hey, those charges. Oh wait, I think they settled them. They weren't dropped. Either that or Jerry yeah. Lawler. I think Jerry Lawler is pretty much taking the title of it. According to Eddie Gilbert, raped a thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah. All right. So Lord of the Ring, Diamond Dallas Baggins versus the American male Marcus Alexander Bagwell. <laughs> what? Oh God. Anyone excited for this? You're still, you're still doing a bit, right? <laughs> no, those were actual nicknames. Awful. They, everyone called him uh, the, the one who carried the true ring. Yep. All right, let's let's yep. get on. <laughs> Cue the cricket at it. <laughs> Seriously, DDP does a you know a Cal Ripken thing. So no, this must be the one that's in Baltimore then, if he's ripping on Cal Ripken. Yeah. Bagwell hits the ring. DDP runs out. DDP doing great heel bumping and selling. I've always thought he was really good at that. This is, of course, when they're starting to push the diamond cutter as the move of the 90s. It was a really good move. Opinions, uh, Zeke, on the diamond cutter or the RKO. Which do you think is better? Um, I'm going to go with the diamond cutter because I love Diamond Dallas Page. I like that. And I love Randy Orton. I'll agree, but I think I like it because when DDP does it, he grabs the back of the guy's head with the other hand as in to drive the arm or bicep into the neck. Right. It's not just a jump up, I hold your head and I fall waving my left hand ridiculously. Yeah. I feel like the diamond cutter, when it's done really ex like really, really well, there's a moment where like both 
men get completely they hit a horizontally. Lot like they just like it's just a beautiful thing. Like you can just it's just like they're both boards when they go down. Whereas like the RKO is a poor man stunner. I but, will have to say though, like when it when it comes to the two, I, I do agree. I think the diamond cutter is better. However, when it comes to what has transitioned a bit more, I mean, they always say like diamond cutter was out of nowhere, but an RK like he has hit some insane RKOs where DDP can only to wish me, that he so could that, hit those. I, I'll say this. I think, I think the diamond cutter overall is better, but there has not been anything better than the Seth Rollins RKO at WrestleMania. I don't know. I mean, that uh, one was, was just, it? he caught Evan board out of a sunset of a, not a sunset flip, a shooting star. A shooting press. star. Yeah. That was a pretty good one too. So backflip into a splash and he fucking caught him and gave oh. him. And, and Randy caught I him think, from the ground. I think jumped I saw up that. and caught him. Oh yeah, I think I saw the that. Most on the most underrated network is the one in uh, the Hell in a Cell with Cena, where Cena goes to do a shit shoulder block, and that one literally you're like holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're three minutes into the match. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he has hit some amazing RKOs that DDP wishes fair, that he could hit. But started- I. The, but the, he started using the RKO when he was 27. He's di- much more yeah. agile. DDP's the diamond like cutter. Here. The, yeah, the diamond cutter looks stiff as fuck. It looks brutal. So we're saying consistently the diamond cutter is oh, yeah. better, but the RKO has a better highlight. Reel. Has a better highlight. Reel. Yeah. yeah, that's good. The yeah. diamond cutter is also brutal mat, as fuck. The mat helps it out because the WCW ring is maybe the only ring ever louder is ECW because <laughs> they put like the so massive loud. spring yeah. in it, but it make, it sells it a lot better. Yeah. So DDP ends up hitting him with. The diamond cutter for the win. He's winner and still has to throw the ring into Mordor. So backstage, <laughs> we have Gene. Sam. <laughs> oh, Sam. I, I wish they went whole hog with that gimmick. But uh, Gene is backstage with the giant. He does a. a Where's think a, Hornswoggle at this point? That would have been great for this gimmick. High school. <laughs> oh, man. Gene's talking with the giant and Jimmy Hart. They're backstage talking about. How they're going to kick his ass, all that stuff. Giant does another one of his terrible whisper to shout promos. And I hate Jimmy Hart. And all of my notes for every single event that we've done, I've written, I've wrote, I hate Jimmy Hart. Yeah, there's just no evolution. He's the same guy since 1985. I, I can't it's 11 do it. years later since he hit like the big, big league. If he had a different voice, I might change my opinion. <laughs> if he changed, or if he changed literally everything about him. Who do you hate more, Jimmy Hart or Bill Alfonso? Jimmy Hart. Really? really? Jimmy Hart. Huh. Even with Bill Alfonso with the whistle at ringside for Rob Van Dam and Sabu? I forgot about that. <laughs> hey, oh, daddy! Yeah, you gonna, you gonna lose, daddy! You're Japanese losers! Yeah, but Jimmy Hart had the megaphone that he would yell in during matches sometimes, too. Or yeah, hit the, or hit the oh, siren. Who was is the so manager? Who was the manager for... the Like, one of the first manager for um, the... Um, uh, oh my god, fuck. Edit this part out. Nope. The, um, Keeping it. Dalla Dalla. Making moves, making moves. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Coach. Did he call him Coach? Why the fuck am I drawing a blank oh, on, the prime on, time their, players. on their primetime players? Jesus Christ, yeah, thank you. I don't remember who their manager was. He was a dude who came out literally mic'd up. And he would just sit there like, come on, man, gotta make this money. And it was like on mic the whole time. <laughs> Shit, yeah, dude. You're, who was that guy? Because that's the worst fucking manager ever. To the wiki site. Uh, yeah, I'm going right now. <laughs> for the for the five listeners, I apologize for my complete brain fart right there, where I forgot the primetime players. This is a blind name. spot for me. This is when I was uh, I was just watching like YouTube highlights of Independence and not yeah. watching WWF. Whoever the guy, that guy was who like first came out with the primetime players, fuck that guy. That dude was fucking terrible. I I googled it, and what came up was Abraham Washington. Oh, that guy. 
Yeah, so... They fucking mic'd him up the whole time. Also, next to him, my least favorite manager is uh, Shelton Benjamin's mother. <laughs> what about Charmel? Go back to fucking Campbell's, Go back to Campbell's soup commercials because I'm fucking done with you. you that one was really She didn't even need terrible. to be fucking mic'd up. She was so goddamn loud. Oh, Ugh. my God. Awful. Terrible. Anyway, that's a whole other pod. Worst Zeke's least favorite managers are everyone's least favorite managers. But we'll <laughs> continue. Move we'll move on. I don't really have a least favorite one anyway. So uh, after that terrible promo goes on to the real, real show stealer here. The Cruiserweight Championship. So the debut of Rey Mysterio versus the Iceman, the Man of a Thousand Holds. Mm. Dean Malenko. Oh, sexy. So good. Uh, you and I watched this match together, Randy. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, wa- I watch every old Rey Mysterio match before, like, I think his first major knee injury all the time. Like, he has a great one with Super Calo we'll see coming up. Yeah. And Dean Malenko back then, he was so good for the Cruiserweights. Because he's a short, squat little guy. Everything looks like it really hurts. He's also a bruiser, too. He's like Little Regal. <laughs> hocus, pocus, chocus, great Malenko. So, you, sorry. You're probably only your memories of Dean Malenko are probably like radicals when he came over in like 2000 to the WWF. That's correct. So, you only got to see maybe a couple matches, him, maybe him stock Lita. I, uh,. Yeah, I knew of the 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 legend of of Dean Malenko, and he still is referred to often to this I, day. But is he still yeah. an agent? Yeah, he's still backstage. Okay, yeah. Yeah. why get that fucking guy writing two hundred five live? They um, I don't know how long ago it was, but there was a backstage segment where he was on camera for like a nice fifteen seconds. I was yeah, like, I Yo, my boy. Yeah, love Malenko. He has was also that fucking Goldberg came back. I feel like. I think I don't remember. Goldberg, I think so. Like during the Goldberg walkthrough when everyone was out in the yeah. I think it may have been yeah. All I know is that Dean Malenko has the best submission ever, which is the Texas Cloverleaf. Mm. So good. It looks so good. Yeah. This is a great match. This is a really it really great yeah, match. It was, yeah. It was great. Continue, Randy. So there's a uh, a lot of uh, starts off. They shine Rey Mysterio up pretty good. He gets a lot of good moves in, and then Malenko goes into a long arm working sequence. With a lot of brutal holds. Rey sells really well. It kind of goes on for a little bit too long, but Mysterio in one match is so over with the crowd by the end of this match with his big dive to the floor, a lot of that offense. He takes a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker really well. So he gets over very well in one match. Uh, What happens is Malenko blocks a Frankensteiner out of the corner into a stiff powerbomb foot on the ropes (laughs) pin. Malenko wins. Uh, There's a match coming up on a Nitro that is actually the first time I remember seeing Rey Mysterio, he's in pink gear. I think it's when they're at like Disney outside. And that's one of my first memories that made me a WCW fan to where I would watch Raw and record Nitro, and then I would watch Nitro the next day. That Rey Mysterio-Malenko match is what made me a fan of the promotion. I think it's in like two weeks. All right. But great match. Really show-stealing moment of the night. So we go from that backstage. Gene is with Lex Luger now. Wants to answer back to the Giants promo. Ugh. Apparently, the giant has changed the sport. Luger has a lot of pride being a champion. Wants the other belt, too. He plans on leaving that way. Now we move on to the no-doubt lowest moment on the show. Big Booba versus he's not an avalanche. He's not a shark. He's not an earthquake. He's Fat Balor. He's not a mudslide. He's not nothing. He's not a bald spot. He's not a Golga. He's John Tentos. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. (laughs) He's not a shark. He's he's just the guy. He's just a, yeah, he's another bad haircut. 
So not his fault though, Bubba. The great build up to this like for weeks though. Yeah. yeah. Shark gets kicked out of the dungeon of doom. He gets his head shaved after a match by Bubba, mm-hmm. the big Bubba boss man. Mm-hmm. And he leaves his hair like that for about three weeks. A very terrible haircut. Yeah, for a long time. Is this guy still alive? Tenta, no. He died. Oh, that's sad. I was just curious. I'm talking a lot of shit about uh, Tenta. He, he died Tenta. like late first decade of the 2000s. He was in the Gimmick Battle Royal at WrestleMania 17. Oh. Or X7. However, we, want. we know it was 17, but then. So he also, he was. Do you remember Golga in the Oddities? Sure. That was him. No, really? Yeah. You didn't know that either? I didn't know that. Yeah, Golga was Earthquake. Whoa. I feel like Golga was. I'm thinking of uh, of of Kurgan because he was fucking tall as fuck. No, that would make no sense. He didn't wear a mask. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I was, I was. Wow. What I'm saying is, I was thinking of switching the names of the characters. That makes oh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, Tenta, because Golga was fat as fuck. One of the greatest big men of all time had an ama- the you know the great run with Hogan in the early '90s for his debut was killing people left and right. Uh, Bossman would actually, you know. He, this is not a great run for him, but he goes on to have another great one when he goes back over and becomes a security for the uh, corporation. Yeah. But this is not a good match. No. Uh, Hoss-like action again. Really nothing going on until Bubba nails Tenta with a roll of quarters. Mm. Which is great. He wraps Bubba's <laughs> leg around the ring post. The crowd is basically sleeping. Tenta catches Bubba off the top rope with a slam. Bubba down for the win. Tenta wins by pinfall. And he trims Bubba's beard as retaliation for his haircut. Which is, A, rude. Second, or B, shave it. Yeah, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, you also can't, you can't cut, that's fixable. Shave it. Yeah, I mean, Tenta... He just, he gave him a little trim. Tenta has hair like Jason in part eight right here. Oh, God. I would like to formally charge this entire angle with felony bad booking because it's over hair and a man being upset he was called a shark. It's not only about over... It's over a guy who has almost no hair. Had The little bit he had cut off. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily overbooking either because there's not it's much... It's just there. bad booking. It's almost... It's, it's not even underbooking. It's definitely bad, but there's something else that it could be charged with. But does anyone have any... Felony misconduct? Ooh. Good job, Zeke. Mm. You guys don't forget, I sat on jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke Once. learned new words that day. <laughs> so what would we... Since it's the first of the podcast, what would we say misconduct the crime is? Is it where it's not bad, it's not good, you just know it's not right? It could have been, It could have been good. Potentially. They just fucked it up. So it could have been good between the two guys. It's a bad plot device. That's right. misconduct. It's misconduct. Yeah. Felony misconduct, felony bad booking. Any objections? No objections. No. Zeke, ring your gavel. Guilty. All right. Oh, that's, so, right. that's the end of the angle, isn't it? Guilty. Yeah. Uh, no, I think they're going to have like a roll of quarters thing. But, I mean, it's guilt. Like, there's no way to save it from here. We saw the match they just had. They're not going to so make that's it. that's our better. first charge on this whole thing so far. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Okay, backstage, Gene is with the footballers, and they go on about saying they're going to kick the horseman's ass. They say baby a lot, because this apparently is over uh, unspeakable love. For what it's worth, I hated every minute of this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The one thing I didn't hate about this was the awesome, like, 80s-esque montages of them working out, because it was so poorly (laughs) shot. (laughs) I was fucking... (laughs) Flair! 
Flair. Dying through Flair. all of them. Which, Flair. That's, Zeke's not doing an impression of the promo. That's how Ric Flair has sex. <laughs> there was that one Woo! point. There was that one point where they did like another montage where they didn't have like the 80s ass like filter over it. And I started thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, took, they took that away when I started to enjoy it. And, like, seconds later, they did it again. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> so much Zubas. Does anybody else think that uh, Dustin from Stranger Things is going to sound a lot like Ric Flair when he gets older? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I've never seen that show. <laughs> oh, daddy! <laughs> the kid has a disease. We shouldn't make fun of him. <laughs> hey, he's making the best of it. He's so good, though. So we go from that promo <laughs> to the Falls Count Anywhere match. Chris, I killed my family, Benoit, versus... Dude! <laughs> Kevin Sullivan. Dude! <laughs> I'm a big fan of the... Uh, speaking of Benoit balls, I'm a bit, have you ever heard the David Tell joke about Benoit balls? <laughs> no. <laughs> because, but no one said anything about Chris Benoit's balls and how they were definitely <laughs> shrunk from steroid abuse. David Tell goes, uh, I like to pretend like it's the lottery. Like, And the next number is... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an Archer joke about Benoit balls, too. Benoit balls. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, he thinks the one that Benoit time, sounds like balls. The one time that WWF could have done a gimmick sexually and they just let it slide. They let it slide. So they... <laughs> Speaking of Benoit balls. They, letting it slide. <laughs> <laughs> they've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, they're t- kind of trying to play off the background here that Kevin Sullivan was with Nancy in real life, but they're not really acknowledging on camera that that's a bit of it, but it was kind of out in the dirt sheets that she was cheating on him with Benoit after she was put with Flair and the Horseman. And then they're kind of using the main angle as the Dungeon of Doom and the Horseman had teamed up to try and kill Hulkamania as heels are uh, contractually <laughs> obligated to do for the last eight years in To wrestling. be real pals. <laughs> yeah. We hate Hulk, Hulk Hogan. We have to come together to stop this great good. But then after the whole thing with Pillman, Benoit saying you can't trust him. There's lots of horseman swerves on the Dungeon of Doom. So that's basically the start for all of this. So it's a wild brawl all over the place. Sullivan sends Benoit into the crowd. They're trading right hands. They make their way to the bathroom. And this is kind of one of those early, before WWF was doing hardcore, this is one of the first, you know, nationally televised crowd brawls that goes that far. Listen... If I'm going to fight a man in a Speedo, I'm taking it to the bathroom. I, I don't blame Benoit for this. Uh, I think you used the wrong F word there. If you're going to fuck a man in a Speedo, oh. you need to go to the bathroom. Absolutely. <laughs> Zeke. Zeke, thoughts on fucking men in bathrooms? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see how the, we'll see how the week plays out. But <laughs> So, during the famous bathroom fight... His wife is downstairs. Dusty... <laughs> Is incredible on commentary. He has some real gems of uh, some boys are taking relief in there. He's such an <laughs> asshole. That's I love him so much. That's the road. Which from now on, I'm always going to say when someone goes to the bathroom, he's taking some relief. <laughs> <laughs> Heads get slammed into stall doors, and then Dusty loses his mind when a woman comes out of one of the stalls or is in the background. I forget which one. And he goes, there's a woman in there. There's a woman in the man's jaw. (laughs) (laughs) She had to take some relief. (laughs) It was the most lively I've heard Dusty all night. Because, like, in the beginning, where they're doing their little intros and everything, Shivani is talking, and Dusty has the most dead look in his eyes. Like, please shut the fuck up. It's pretty bad. Dusty, like, you know, there's the uh, the Botchamanian saying Dusty commentary, and he's made fun of a lot by 
uh, other podcasting wrestling pundits. I've always been a fan of Dusty Commentary. I enjoy him. He's I so like funny. the silliness. I, I don't like my wrestling too serious. I like New Japan, but if you watch Road 2 shows, there's Taguchi out there throwing people into his ass. They do silly shit constantly. You have Tanahashi being one of the boys for Dalton Castle. I like some silly with my wrestling. Totally. So I've always been a fan of Dusty being just over the top, an absolute dork. <laughs> it makes me happy. So taking relief, I almost like we don't give things like bonus awards. But it's got to be mentioned as one of the greatest calls in wrestling history. It's up there with a, he got a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so they make their way out of the bathroom. They start to brawl back through the crowd to the ring. And Benoit decides to False. take a bump down concrete stairs. He's a trooper. No That's wonder the man went crazy. That might force you. Yeah, retrospect. Be, that might be force Not a good idea. But yeah. Oh, yeah. It, not a good idea for his fucking neck either. Like... <laughs> So they make their way back into the ring. They get a table, which looks like it's made of kryptonite. The fucking thing is so sturdy. <laughs> they put it across the top rope in the corner, and it's a superplex off of the table for Benoit to get the win. Uh, the horsemen come down with Arn Anderson to try and pull him apart. It's a horseman swerve on old Sully. Dungeon scares them off. Tony shit talks the invaders. Well, I'm also pretty sure that Tony also calls the table chair. Oh, he called it? He called it. Yeah, he, he definitely called it a chair, so he didn't really run that one through. So this match gets like a lot of hype for being like one of the first hardcore brawls and stuff, which it probably was, but was it a good one? No. It wasn't good, it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, there, I was entertained. There was a lot it was a lot of novelty spots. Yeah. Like real Al Snow shit in there. But it wasn't it wasn't even like good to the level of Crash Holly. I just Houdini of hard, your hardcore fucking. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have mean girls on the back of my iPad. Great. <laughs> so, a little overrated, not bad. Not yeah. really much to charge there, uh, except for the bonus of people taking relief. <laughs> and, the, and the commentary was good. Yeah, oh. it was very entertaining. It was great. I'll give it that. Backstage, Gene is with the four horsemen. Anderson says that Benoit earned his spot in the horsemen. He earned his stripes. Flair puts over Anderson and Benoit. Heenan assures Gene that Which he isn't worried about Savage. Horses don't have stripes. That's zebras. So. You're not wrong. Just saying. Sometimes have horse, like horses have spots. Yeah. Yeah, but he earned his spots. I'm trying to help. Famously, Good. zebras can't change their stripes. Damn, that was deep. <laughs> yeah, but you guys deep. didn't think you were gonna learn today. <laughs> so we go from that to Lord Stephen Real Man Regal. Mmm, the greatest. With Jeeves, who for some reason Dusty calls Chives. <laughs> Chives. <laughs> Versus the man called Sting. I think Regal's my. I think Regal's my favorite part of this whole time frame. Uh, his promos are so amazing. Just, he's, I, I mean, I can't even make anything funny up about this. Not that I've been doing a good job of that he, anyway, but like, he's just... Yeah. <laughs> he just backhand so, slapped Sting. Yeah. Like just... <laughs> a real, a real so I good. challenge you to a duel, but with my actual hand. Yeah, just, just so good. So I can find it in my notes, some of the stuff that Regal was saying beforehand. How did he never win a major title? Bobby, he won the King of the Ring. He was an Intercontinental Champion a few times. Uh, Regal, like, he's one of those guys that, like, I don't want to say he's bigger than a belt in that way, but he's just so respected that, like, yeah. it, it's almost equals it how favorably everyone in wrestling, even with all of his uh, substance issues and stuff, just loves the guy. Yeah. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet, is he? 
No, no. But that's that's coming next two years, like guaranteed. Yeah. And uh, they better do it before fucking Daniel Bryan ends up in New Japan because that's Regal's prize student who is definitely going to do the induction. Yeah. Because that's why Daniel Bryan wore maroon, for if anyone who didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Zeke's face was just incredible for that. <laughs> Sting, who throughout the weeks, uh, he'd been... Is he? He's tag champ with Luger right now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So he's tag champs with Luger, and he's been getting the biggest responses on all of the Nitros. Regal had been beating up on the likes of Jim Duggan with the rest of uh, his little crew there. Hello. Of Squire Eaton. Still don't understand. He's got Dave Taylor and uh, Chives. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why he calls him Chives. Can we? Can we side note real quick? I just. What is Duggan's gimmick? Um, America. It's, it's, is it? It's a mix between Lex Luger, WWF, and The Godfather. He loves America and hoes. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so angry. <laughs> he, he, I just don't get like, is he just looks like a homeless man? Uh, America. Oh, all right. Yeah, sad state done. of, yeah, sad nope, state of the country, Ben. Nope, we're, we're done. That's all I need. Let's go. Duggan, defender of the underdogs, the homeless. Do you not watch the news, man? <laughs> <laughs> we got like 18,000 crises going on right now. Yeah, the only way he could be more American, especially since we're doing this in New Hampshire and we're mostly from New Hampshire, is he's not talking about the heroin epidemic. <laughs> yeah. Rough. Yeah. So they, uh, Sting gets the biggest reception so far. They've had probably one of the best builds. With, as we talked about a few minutes ago, Sting kind of challenging the sexuality of the British man, saying he drinks tea with his pinky up like this. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah, it's not so good. It's just just refreshing for someone to say a promo that's not just like, I want to beat that man for that title. (laughs) So Regal is in control early on. Gets a lot of his great uppercuts with the big pop and the slap off the chest. Regal goes outside when Sting gets the advantage, talks trash to the fan, draws a bunch of the great Regal faces. He's trash-talking the ECW straw hat guy, which that guy, I don't know how much money he has spent on seeing wrestling shows over the year, but it's got to be more than I've made in the last decade. Sad state of my life. Well, (laughs) Regal uses various locks to control Sting for moments at a time. Regal gets a drop kick, which gets him a near fall. Regal, not known for his acrobatics. No. It was a decent drop kick for such a squat, middle-weighted man. Mm. And there's a lot of deliberate offense, stiff forearms. Uh, Sting takes control with the drop kick. Few clotheslines, a lot of the yelling. Wooing. Regal stops Sting in the turnbuckle. Brings Sting down with a double underhook suplex. Regal's double underhook butterfly suplex. Always amazing. Hit a great one on Jericho to open X7. And then for some reason, Regal lets go and continues to work on Sting with palm strikes. Sting begins to hulk up, Sting up, and he gets several blows. Stinger corner splashes, and Regal gets both knees up to block it. Backdrop by Sting after a bounce off the ropes. Quickly gets into Scorpion Deathlock. Regal taps out. So, great build for the match. Wasn't fantastic. Regal's offense looked great. The payoff was a little rough. They, I don't, it, they just don't have great chemistry. Sting is not, he's not a catch-as-catch-can, move-for-move ground guy. He's, his strengths have always been the charisma, the high offense. He sold a lot better when he was younger. It didn't seem like he was as interested in selling for this. It wasn't bad. It just felt like it was less than. Like a little off. Yeah, something, I think it's just the chemistry of it. Like, you can see Regal 
a lot through his career has these matches where guys don't know what to do with his logical combat. Hadn't Sting already like come out? Like I know he, he had didn't he have a match already in the night and no. made another appearance at some point? Or was this the first of a couple of other ones? He just did a promo. Yeah, he, he just did he, a promo. He did, okay. he did the, the promo where he was uh, homophobic. Very. Yeah, uh, I felt like there was. I don't know if we're at that day yet, but I felt like there's one time I was like, we're, "We're Sting again." <laughs> yeah, he popped up on the Nitros a couple times because he would have. He had like uh, the May twenty seventh one. He had the match with Steiner. Right, and, and then, then he that had the tag ended up match. in the brawl between Rick and Scott, and then they had right. a tag match the next week. Oh, okay. So they all... also got involved in a Scott Hall promo. A couple this of my days month... might have been bl- blurring together. <laughs> yeah, at the uh, end of the uh, June third one. Hall comes out at the end saying he has a big surprise for next week, and that's when Sting does the, uh, you know what you are? You're in the jungle. Proving again that Sting is just a pop culture fucking knockoff artist between yeah. doing the Crow, Joker, Sting, and quoting song lyrics left and right. Mm-hmm. He's just riding those waves, man. But it was a... So it worked. This month was very heavy um, as far as promo packages and stuff on Sting Luger. It was very heavy on Regal getting his big build up for the match with Sting. Yeah. Way too heavy on Kevin Green and Mongo yeah. and a lot of horsemen. Between all that, they kind of don't push the Invader thing so much in like promo packages. It's no. just they keep popping up. Yeah. So then we go from all that. I questioned why we were – there was a few times where I was like, why are we, the three of us, starting the NWO? Starting the NWO. <laughs> like I, I know why we have to, but like there was a lot of times where I was like, it's a it's at best a B plot. Yeah, it was, I was I, I get it now. Like as we as we've been kind of like wrapping through it, like I, I was like okay, I, but like in the beginning, I was just like, couldn't we start this like three months in when they're actually like around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you gotta see the build. Yeah, but watching yeah. it back, they don't. Everyone always says, and that's when it started. It starts pretty slow. Yeah, it's a slow build. Yeah, it's, it's slow burn. It really is. Yeah. It's basically uh, it's not a bad thing. It's I mean, Dusty it and Lucas fighting over the girl from California in season two of Stranger Things. Mm. It's like that level of importance so Good far. Little drop. It's not quite yes. It's not demo dogs yet. You mean Max? Yeah, Max. I forgot her name. I was just gonna say the, uh, the Becky Lynch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from that into what we were just talking about. What they were very heavy on: Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, the Horseman, with Woman and Elizabeth. Woman, one of the worst names in the history of wrestling. Yeah, real bad. With Bobby Heenan versus Kevin Green, Steve Mombo McMichael, and Deborah and Kevin Green's wife. No one knows her name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they don't ever say it. I, Kevin, I, Kevin was Green's it, wife. Was it Taylor? Was it Cheryl? I think it starts with a T. I'm sure we can Google that. But yeah, dude, it's like, not I'm not Googling It's not important. Again. She yeah. doesn't stay around in the business. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't need to Google it again. <laughs> it was Shannon? No. It definitely wasn't Shannon. Did you just go ahead and we'll call Mon- her Shannon just Monica? to appease Zeke? He's just going to keep saying things. It's Kevin Green's wife, Paisley. <laughs> so between all the promos, uh, there was a moment where there was a, a horseman tag match, and Heenan leaves commentary, goes down to sit in the VIP section, which we've all been big fans of in this I moment, love the VIP section. Which is, It's a little section off of the entrance ramp where they set up a table with like food and champagne, which in the May 27th episode, they sent champagne in the opening match with the American Males over to commentary, right. which I thought was fucking incredible. That was awesome. And I know Ben has not shut the fuck up about how he wants Charlotte to turn heel again and have a VIP Just bring section. it back. Just bring it back. Yeah. This is like his biggest thing in wrestling right now. Not that they have like a, a, the mumps going through the raw roster. Ben's biggest concern in wrestling is that they're neglecting the VIP section for Charlotte. Vaccinate your kids. 
but really do it. <laughs> yeah. We, we just found out the Anoa'i family not big on vaccinations. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Come on. So Heenan says he'll coach the team because he's done managing. The next week they show a promo where it's so fucking terrible. It's, it's Green and Mongo talking. Well... Green basically holds a Slim Jim in front of the camera. And then he goes, I just got an idea. Yeah, madness. We need Macho Man. So he coaches them because he's been off of TV. He, he's not allowed to wrestle on TV because he's been interrupting matches left and right. And he's barred from all televised events as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. So this is his return to TV as their coach. Right. And this match is uh, bad. It has Mongo in it. Kevin Green, I thought, was pretty good. He, he seemed like if he stuck around, I mean, he played in the NFL for like five more years after this. I think he has like the second most sacks ever in NFL history. So he's a, a much better player in the NFL and wrestler than Mongo, but they keep Mongo. Huh. Yeah, I'll never get that. Huh. So it's a lot of a uh, real shit offense. A lot of the, uh, you know, the Duggan finisher of the, the football players getting in the three point stance, charging, hitting a shoulder block. Yeah. Uh, horsemen take control pretty quickly. A lot of uh, interference from the women outside. Women pokes Mongo in the eyes. Anderson hits a DDT. The NFL wives are chased to the backstage area. Mongo is beaten down for a good while. Mongo manages an atomic drop, which is probably one of the better moves I've ever seen from Mongo, let alone the fact that they decided to bring him in right away and give a shit wrestler a dangerous finisher of the tombstone, which was called the spike, because it's what you do when you score. Home to the wolves. See what happens. (laughs) So towards the end of the match... Deborah comes walking down, and she's with Woman and Elizabeth. She has a briefcase. She holds the money up to Mongo. Mongo grabs the briefcase, nails Kevin Green. Mongo is now in the Four Horsemen. Mongo, when you say... Mongo rubbed the briefcase against his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes down. (laughs) Now, this is... Feel this leather! This is the version of the Four Horsemen that I had originally been introduced to. Mm -hmm. Watching WCW was... Uh, Benoit, McMichael, Arn, and Flair. And so, it's one of the three worst. But, f- like, f- so that's what I knew as the Four Horsemen. Going back and actually knowing that there was better incarnations, like, little insulted. <laughs> yeah. I liked, uh, I, my personal favorite Horseman lineup, I mean, the original's great, but I always thought Pillman, Benoit, Arn, and Flair was my favorite. Benoit belongs in there. Like, that's, when I think Four Horsemen, I think Chris Benoit. It's just... Benoit, Flair, Anderson, at least. Those three. The four I mean, members like, always, can always be interchangeable. I didn't like... Pillman's S- great. Did you know Sid was a four horseman? No. I'm so angry. <laughs> did you know Luger was a four horseman? I did, and that's insulting. Barry Windham was. Uh, Paul Roma. Okay. Holy shit. So, Paul Roma, the second worst four horseman after this event happens. Mm-hmm. We have Mongo is a four horseman. He's going to stick around. Mongo like candy. Mongo like money. So now we cut to... Mongo wants shirt. <laughs> the main reason we had to cover this shit pay-per-view so far. Yeah. Finally. Eric Bischoff is there to talk to the interrupters and invaders about their past few weeks of behavior. Razor Ramon, who we've seen debut on the May 27th episode, comes out with Diesel, who debuted on the June 10th one. He comes yeah. out, sneaks up behind Bischoff while Bischoff is yelling at Hall, saying, where is your guy? Spins him around... And then, I believe Ben has the quote, what does Nash say in his legendary invasion promo? <laughs> uh, he, he, like, he, he immediately says, so this is where the big boys play, huh? 
Listen to the adjective. Play. The fucking asshole straight up calls a verb an adjective. Well, listen. He went to Tennessee and played basketball. <laughs> so, Easy. <laughs> so doesn't doesn't excuse get, it. His degree wasn't in English. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't excuse it. And he makes a mind conf joke. <laughs> Immediately after! He makes a mind conf joke. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so far, in one month, he's off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. But that's, not, that's the second uh, Nazi Germany reference of the month. Yeah. There's an Alex Wright-Regal match yep. where Regal makes Wright look great. But on commentary, Zabisco says... He's got to beat Junior Adolf over there. Yeah. And that was like a week before this, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. A week or two? Yeah. 96 WCW, big on Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Actually, I think they were the company they wanted to have. Uh, no, actually, I think it was Russo in WWF wanted Brackus, the German guy, to mm-hmm. be an unfrozen. No, this was Heidenreich. They wanted Heidenreich, his gimmick, to be he was an unfrozen Nazi like Encino Man. Well, also remember with WCW, they had uh, Berlin. <laughs> they had Berlin, oh, Berlin and, the, and the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I love all things Alex Wright. I thought he should have got a better shake in the business. We're luckily going to get to see dancing Alex Wright. Who played the wall? I don't remember who, who was the wall. He went on to be Malice in TNA. He never made it to WWF. Died of like cocaine overdose all in right. like, 2005. So yes, Zeke, there was a gimmick that... Alex Wright was Berlin, and there was a wrestler called The Wall. And he looked like, <laughs> he had, uh, like, fifth element hair, yeah. it, but it was just, like, the front, and it's spiked up like that, so it was almost like Chris Tucker. Ah, that's awesome. I think I always liked Berlin. They just, Ruben. like, he got his balls cut off because he was supposed to, was it Duggan, who didn't sell for him in his debut match? I think it was something like that. What was Chris, Chris Duggan? Chris, what was this? What was this? Anyway, I'm drawing away. Um, that's, uh... So Nash, a lot of shit. Great start. <laughs> like, you know, the the, school, the shockmaster comes out and falls through a wall, and they make the fact that he's a bumbling idiot construction worker out of it. Why didn't they run with Nash's gimmick? Was he didn't know what adjectives, adverbs, nouns, proper nouns, and things were? <laughs> well, that's because Sid Vicious would go later on to take that gimmick. <laughs> no, but like they should have done it right now. Like, what if Nash came out and he was like, "So this is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the verb, boys." <laughs> Like, see, like, this is where the big boys up? play. Look at the linking article. <laughs> play. <laughs> Look at the subject predicate. What is that? Like, <laughs> like how, how do you mess that up, though? He starts using quotation marks like Trump, like improperly. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Quote, <laughs> this is where the big boys play. Finger marks. Finger marks. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm a quote. Wrestler. <laughs> that's, now, what, that's what like half of the wrestling. I also don't think that you can call them Razor Ramon and, and Diesel here. No, yeah. there's the awkward moment where it's they like come straight out. edge yeah. Raymond and Petrol. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, they come out and they have to have the awkward moment because at this point WWF lawyers are on it. Where Bischoff goes, "Do you work for the WWF?" And they have to like break character and not use their their uh, kayfabe voices. Yeah. And no, Nash, no. And then Hall, almost like he just got caught stealing money from a friend, goes, "No, no." But that's not important right back in the character <laughs> so they talk about how they're down there to take over and you know bring up the parodies again of nacho man and all that shit didn't didn't land i want to know who the nacho man is in real life because well uh, it's, it's the macho man no 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 can we do nachos for dinner tonight thank you yes thank you zeke's picking up what i'm throwing down dude 
Fucking right. Randy. Well, you guys get fat then. We're, be- <laughs> We're breaking kayfabe real quick. It's Sunday, man. It's a cheat day. The Patriots are on later. It's a, they're on now. Patriots are on right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ramon wants to know who I'm the three men for WCW are. And they mentioned that they're a third man. They still won't say who it is for the NWO. Not yet named that. They are going to hold off. Bischoff will tell them the next night on Nitro who the three men are. Ramon punches Bischoff with his the greatest working punches in the history of wrestling. <laughs> right hand to the midsection. Diesel grabs him, power bombs him through a table looking so soft that it was made out of plush 1,000 sheet level sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish cotton. Yeah. 53,000 thread, 53, thread count. <laughs> It, for the time, it is a great spot as far as attacking commentators in a real way in a table spot. He put him through some marshmallows. But he launched that little man. He just whipped him. It's my favorite jackknife. He He's nowhere near the edge. He's probably like four feet away from the edge. And he just hawks the little fucker. I mean, to be fair, though, that had to have been the best jackknife since the rest of them are literally like he picks them up for a powerbomb and just lets them go. Well, yeah. that's the gimmick. There's, there's no fucking... That's the idea of the movies. You land on your lower a... back and you get like a head whip. Dick. But, I mean, it's better than the one he beat Michaels with at WrestleMania 11, where Shawn Michaels basically landed sitting down because he was upset he wasn't going over. <laughs> oh, so he fucking... He sandbagged him? He, no, he went up. Oh, shit. I just pulled my mic out of the stand. We'll leave that in. It's not a blooper reel. But he, <laughs> he was... This is the beginning of Michaels doing backstage shithead stuff. And even to his friend, he was such a cunt that he fucked the finish by making it look bad. Which is also, I just love him for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so part of his charm, but he's very unprofessional. <laughs> at that time. But he was also absolutely the best in the world and the best in-ring ever. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Fuck him. What are you going to do? Fire you? <laughs> yeah. But he was trying to go to WCW at one point in 97, too. I don't think I ever would have appreciated that for what it was. If he, if he were to do that. Anyway, so we're done with the NWO for the month. We'll, we'll cover the main event just for, uh, we're completionists here and me and Ben frequently play RPGs. So I'm playing mm-hmm. the new South Park game right now. Thoughts yeah. on the initial month of the NWO. Yay, nay, a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow burn, but I'm appreciating it, like seeing it as an adult. I see where they're going with it and I like it. Now, yeah. see, your first eyes. Initial impressions, so far, is it showing signs that it lives up to hype? Oh, totally. I think, uh, yeah, like, yeah, slow burn. Couldn't agree with that more. Uh, I, I, again, for the pod, I was, I was, for the pod, I was wondering why we were starting here. There was a lot of really fun stuff happening, but, like, the NWO part was just kind of, it was just... It was a straight-up cock tease the whole, the back for the entire month, yeah. I think why it'll be important to start here is because... For you, because you haven't seen it before, you'll get an idea of where the company was. Yeah. So it'll be good for you to see what it becomes. What I'm interested in in this whole case is wondering what the tipping point is. Mm-hmm. Because there are only, I think, maybe three times a night in other matches mentioning casually the invader. Yeah. And they never say Hall. I want to know at what point it comes during every match, they only talk about the NWO. It's got to be after mm-hmm. again, I think. I, but I wonder how soon after. Because that's where everyone says it's the angle that made them the number one company. Well, but it also killed them. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to have to dive into on the next pod, I guess. The next couple pods. And yeah. I, I still don't... I, I'm 50-50 on whether or not we're going to think it's a good thing or I actually charge the whole angle of things. Because there is going to be a point where it gets bad. But is the beginning of it so good it can overcome how bad it becomes? 
I mean, I yeah. guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. I mean, it's I gonna be a fun ride either ne- way. If next yeah. month is the Bash of the Beach, we're really gonna see this become the yeah. A story, not the C story. Yeah. Now it's off to a good start. They yeah, didn't, they didn't hot shot it. Now, one thing it's great to see all these, you know, just great people who go on to do amazing things, and people who are kind of like fizzling out. Yeah, in the twilight it's a definite of their careers. changing of WCW's. Yeah, passing power. of the torch, if you will. Now, one totally. th- now one thing I was gonna do is typically I was gonna do like a, a fan of the night for each Nitro and and pay per view that we uh, watch. Who, who are your four fans who are in the <laughs> no no bracketology? I, what, I, what I'm gonna do? I think I'm gonna do just one fan per per episode. I think. And uh, there was a lot of fans that I, I enjoyed watching throughout the night, but the fan that I thought was the best, besides the the guy uh, during um, Great American Bash who was flexing throughout the whole thing, and then also disappeared with no shirt, he disappeared in a gold chain. If you want to find him, if you watch the Great American Bash, he's in the left of the screen on the hard cam, and he's like eight rows back, and he has a massive camera, <laughs> and he's he's sitting next to a blonde lady, and every time he just flexes in, and then with his obnoxious camera taking pictures, he disappears for like three matches too. Yeah, he's gone for a while, Bear but. On. So he's he's runner up, but the the guy I'm gonna choose was on screen at three seconds, if that, and he just had a shirt. It was a white shirt with a Tic Tac case on it, and with all the same font and everything. Instead of saying Tic Tac, it said "High on THC." For for '96, that was fucking hilarious to me. So he's the fan of the night. Uh, if you're still alive, kudos to you. Good job. <laughs> and if you want to see the fan of the night. There's only one thing to do, and that's get at us on Instagram and follow us, where Ben will be tweeting out the pictures. Of yes, the fans I will absolutely put out that picture. Right on. Awesome. That's good stuff. At Kfabe Court on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, I'll put it on all three. Sounds Might as good. well. Yeah. All right, guys. So okay. now, yeah. to complete it, we to go to the main event it. of Lex Luger and the Giant for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Nothing to do with the NWO here. But this is I think this is important to look at, especially with what the main event is at the Bash of the Beach, of what they thought was going to make fans watch the show, which is a very green seven foot tall man versus Lex fucking Luger. The match is bad. It's very bad. Luger checks on Bischoff on his way to the ring, you know, even though he's been heelish. Off and on, he's a real tweener. Maybe one of the best versions of tweener I've ever seen because there was a great entrance where he's entering with Sting as a tag champs. And Sting's high five in the fans. And Luger's walking down looking all sour. And every time Sting turns around, Luger's like, ha! High five in the fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greatest parts I've, or greatest entrances I've ever seen of wrestling and the telling of that story. That's the most interesting thing he's done. But it's a lot of Luger in peril, getting beat down slowly. Bear hugs, back rakers, lots of stuff like that. You know, real shit Hogan offense because that's one of the main influences on the Giant at this time. Uh, Luger chop blocks the knee of the Giant towards the end of the match to get him down. Giant is on the top turnbuckle and delivers a few boots. Luger gets under the Giant and almost has him in the torture rack, but the Giant is too big. Giant grabs a limp Luger, choke slams him for the win. Still the champion. Tony and Dusty sign off. That's a wrap. So, we all agree, match of the night is Mysterio Malenko. Oh, hands down. Yep. Um, the ref sucked for that match, but... Yeah, it wasn't great. But hands, but hands down, best match of the that night. That was the best match, but is, does anyone think the moment with Bischoff being powerbombed is the moment of the night, or was it actually just the debut of Mysterio? Are you asking us for an OMG moment? 
I'm asking you for what you think is the most important moment of this pay-per-view going forward. As far as uh, the the state of the business? I think it's a lot closer than you'd think. The state of the business, I will uh, say Malenko Mysterio, because it's set it, it set a new a, a new bar, if you would, for like the cruiserweight division. For for a wrestling fan, yeah, that brings in our core. As far as like the yeah. the angle that we're working on right now, it's definitely hands down. It, it'd be see, I think they're the thing with Bishop. I think they're almost equal because the NWO could have been you know a, a hot upper mid card angle that went away. It's not until what happens next month that it really becomes the thing that brings everyone in. But them being there, I think it that captures an audience that maybe would have never watched WCW or hadn't to that point because it was thought of as less than minor league Southern wrestling. <laughs> then you have Mysterio coming in to try and capture uh, a Mexican audience, which WCW never really had much of that. And also just the, the style that him and Malenko wrestle, I think brings in hardcore wrestling fans who are not promotion dedicated. They're yeah. wrestling dedicated. So I mm-hmm. think at this moment, it's a lot closer to have Rey Mysterio debut mm-hmm. Along with the outsiders, yeah, oh yeah, they're they're both extremely important. Two major situations. things that put them at number one happened this one night. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, so I yeah, that. I mean it's up for debate, but I think it's close. If you think one blows the other one away, I think you're not really looking at the history of the company. But also, if you think it, if, if you think something else was better, um, aside from those two moments, I mean. Get at us on, on any of our social media platforms. If you're someone who thinks the John Tenta Bubba match was the highlight of the night, I need to hear why. Yeah, I actually I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I'm still kind of thinking about that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they had a good kind of multi angle thing that was all kind of focused in on the big picture, and I think it worked well well. Yeah, it yeah. hasn't it hasn't yet swallowed everything up. Uh it's, it's a nice not, like spider web kind of thing. Yeah, know? it's not a, it's not the uh, the roots of the upside down taking over quite yet, which is the NWO. <laughs> uh, we're just literally trying to piss Ben off because he doesn't watch Stranger Things and me and Zeke love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so who is the eleven of the night? Who's the most powerful wrestler? Ooh, John Tenta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in real life, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think man of the night is Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Man of the month. Who is the most important man in WCW for this month? Regal. Regal? 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 That's your MVP of the month? Yeah. Uh, I'm tempted to say Mysterio, but he only showed up one night. Hall was there a lot, and he's who it kicks off with. But I got to say Sting for the crowd reaction. No one got a crowd reaction like Sting. Um, I'm gonna have to agree, and I—I I mean, Sting's one of my all-time favorites anyway. But I'm gonna have to agree. Bigot, like, not bigotry. Favoritism aside, I'm going favoritism for Regal. That's why I picked him. But if we're going all technical and shit, well, then I yeah, mean, I'd say Sting. <laughs> the way they built Regal and stuff, that really it, it keeps Sting high, keeps him hot. So yeah. it's good that they built up a guy for the guy to beat. Yeah, that's just traditional good wrestling. Book. Every thug needs a lady, man. Anybody with runner-ups? No. I mean, if there's any runner-up, you have to say Hall, just because that's where it all starts from, and the okay. way he delivered yeah, himself no. was great. Right. But that's good. So we're through the first month. Through the first month. Slow burn. It's going pretty well. Yep. WCW guys, they're starting to set up who's who versus the other ones. They're getting the outsiders over as a threat. They're introducing young cruiserweights. You can definitely start to see smoke building, and it's not quite yet a fire, but I feel like 
a big swoop of oxygen is going to come in and turn this fucking thing into a flashover. I'm okay with the like the slowest of burns right now because it's giving me an excuse to watch awesome WCW. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to be doing our homework. You guys should watch along with us. and uh, So we will see you guys yeah. next time for the half month of June into July for, I believe, the next pay-per-view is the Bash the Beach. It's Bash the Beach. If not, yeah. you're going to get a huge apology pod in between. <laughs> but I am like 98% sure it's Bash. <laughs> I am too, but there's always that 2% chance I've made an ass of myself. No, I think it's Bash of the Beach. I think I remember them talking about it. So let us know what you guys think of this so far. Well, your they're also promoting Great American Bash for like six months. So Your thoughts on Sting, Regal, Hard Walk Bobby Walker. Anything we've talked about here, what you think we should talk about more in the next episode on what is our major blue level app that we're on, Zeke? I believe it starts with an F. Facebook. And Ben, what is the number one thing you run for us? That has picture-based content. Uh, that would be Instagram. And also, sometimes you'll get me live tweeting either Stranger Things or various other wrestling matches on Twitter. Hey, real quick, were and you? At were all you... of those were kayfabe court. I was just about to. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Get ready for my my long-standing thoughts on what different characters in Stranger Things would do sexually. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go uh, through them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch the whole season again, <laughs> and I'm going to tweet it on there to try and get a different audience that's not necessarily wrestling related, but we need them followers. Baby, we right. gotta take some relief. <laughs> <laughs> so until then, there's only one thing for you guys to do. Get at us! zest on that intro you know get the get the people lubed up ready to go yep how's everybody doing out there randy how are you today pretty good watched all of stranger things season two on a night yeah you did the and your 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 commentary along with it was quite funny to be a part of i do feel strongly about this nancy is very attractive classically beautiful but mm -hmm. barb would eat ass mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you look for in a wife. <laughs> <laughs>